Hi, I'm Sabrina Petrofessa. And I'm Lily Rugo. And this is Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. Forgive the echo, I'm in a new location. It's very, very sparse. <laughs> yes, Lily is moving, so... Yeah. Her uh, whole room is echoey. But yeah. that's okay. We're, we've had worse audio yeah, issues we've... before. You don't subscribe for the sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> you subscribe for the quality discussions about mm-hmm. random fangirly things and today is legend of Korra season one <laughs> so legend of Korra is like hotly debated in the avatar fandom it is like honestly it's the sexism for me mm. i think it was because people weren't prepared for uh, the show to grow up with its audience and the 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 themes it got into i think people weren't ready for and also we're going to get into its writing style and why the story flowed the way it flowed the way it did well okay so a lot of people have issues with legend of korra and they always say oh it's the plot the plot sucks the plot sucks like why is it so choppy? Like, when nothing, yeah. nothing like, flows, basically. Um, and that's from, like, season one, two, three, and four. Like, as a, as a whole show, cohesively, people think it's choppy. Mm-hmm. And that is because Nickelodeon was like, hey, come back and do one season. Yeah, just one. In 2012, one. you know, just for the fans, as you do, it was great. Which is why the first series, the first season, the first book is called Air, because it's mm-hmm. the only element that they didn't have a book for mm-hmm. from their original, like, Avatar series. Yep. And then they were like, hey, come back and do another one. <laughs> a second season. And so they were like, ah, oh, okay, well, you said we only got one, but I guess we're going to get to do another one. And so they did, they did the same thing they did for the first season, and they made one cohesive story in 2013 Mm -hmm. and then nickelodeon was like hey come back and do two more yeah so season three and four have more of a like through line between the two of them than Mm -hmm. one and two so like those have kind of they they planned out for the two seasons more than they Mm -hmm. were able to for one and two Yep. So that's basically why the writing is how it is, is because Nickelodeon kind of jerked them around. Yeah. Seasons three and four came, both of them came out in 2014. They went from, so season four is June 2014 to August 2014. Season three, other way around, season four is October 2014 to December 2014. And what's so season that all one, happened Because that's year. what we're talking about today. Yeah, we're going back. So April 14th, 2012 to June 23rd, 2012. I don't have like specific memories, like an exact pinpoint location of like where I was when this dropped. But I do know I watched it live. I probably cried. <laughs> I lost my mind when Cora was announced. I um, absolutely watched it live. I remember that everyone in like drama club was super into like we were like oh my god there's gonna be a new avatar we were all so excited like Mm -hmm. like, yes 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 this is gonna be so great we were all so pumped and like i remember that it aired i think on saturday mornings Mm mm-hmm old-fashioned cartoon yep nickelodeon and 
I would wake up, watch Nickelodeon, <laughs> watch the half hour of the show, and just like be on Tumblr live <laughs> live uh, blogging, basically. Yeah. And live reacting and just being like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then like we go into school on Monday mm-hmm. and then Monday was also like our drama meeting after school and then all of us would be Aww. like, did you watch Cora? <laughs> I absolutely remember discussing it the week after with my friends and just like that, that, that's one of the reasons why I really have like the weekly format of shows has a special place in my heart is because you get that, that feeling every week of, of something to look forward to, something to discuss, something you don't know the end for. Yeah. But like this specifically, I just remember because we were in high school when this one came out. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, I just remember being, like, so excited for it (laughs) and really loving it, but I also remember (laughs) watch. so one of the big things is, so, okay. Yeah, plot. Let's just just get into it. So, season one, we meet Korra, who is our (laughs) new avatar. We meet Mm -hmm. her at a very, very young age, like, she's four years old, and Mm -hmm. we know she's the avatar. How do we know this? Because she has already, like, learned how to waterbend, earthbend, and firebend. Self-taught. Do you think being Avatar inherently means you're a prodigy? Um... No. Yeah. Roku didn't seem very prodigious. Pro- no, prodigious. I, think, prodigious. I think most Avatars probably don't know they're the Avatar. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've also heard the theory that each um, each avatar is basically atoning for the sins of the last avatar. Oh. So, like, for, like, so one of the reasons, like, why Kiyoshi lived for 200 years is because the avatar before her died so young. Oh. So it huh, was, like, she was making theory. up for that. And then she died, and then it was Roku. No? Yes? Yes, Roku. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's Earth, Fire. No, it's Water. Earth, Fire, Air, Water. Earth, Fire, Air, Water. Sorry, I was getting really confused <laughs> about the the order of things. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, and then um, I actually oh um. Kiyoshi's thing was that she never found love, and Roku found love very early in life, and oh. then Roku's problem was basically the hundred year war and then ang solved the hundred year war yeah but ang's big problem was not being able to take action oh so they so cora is very impulsive so cora is very impulsive cora is very action oriented she does she acts before she thinks that is a fascinating theory i had not heard that before i'm gonna be because, thinking about like, that for honestly the she really does though she really acts mm-hmm. before she thinks and if you really like that's why season one is now Korra is like 16, 17. At least. She was around the target age that we were at the time because yeah. literally the show grew up with us. Yeah. So, so we'll go with 16. Yeah. So she's like a, a later end teenager, basically. Um, and she still hasn't mastered airbending. Mm-hmm. But she's mastered all the other elements. She hasn't mastered airbending, and she has no connection to the Avatar state or, her, or like, the spiritual part of being the Avatar. So mm-hmm. the first season is really her learning airbending. Bleh. 
is her learning airbending from Aang's son, Tenzin. <laughs> the only airbender we ha- from Aang and Katara. And the other thing that the show had to do was pick up and continue building this world six, a dec- half a decade. We'll go with what? How old do we think? What is the jump? I don't, they've told us and I forgot. I'm, it was Aang lives. 70. It is officially 70 years after the end of the war. Yeah. So, um, they ha- yeah, they do have to build up on- upon this. And I remember when the first season came out, I was like, oh my god. Every airbender, like, every mm-hmm. avatar who is an airbender, for- like, who is an airbender will come from Aang's lineage directly from now on. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was so wild. I was like, that's insane. <laughs> Because truly Aang has this pressure to rebuild the Air Nation. Yeah. Yeah. And he definitely puts that on Tenzin. Mm-hmm. And Tenzin has, like, five kids. No, he has, yeah. He has, he has three, and a his wife is pregnant with the, the fourth one, so four kids. But still, like, he has so many kids because he feels that pressure on himself as well. So it's, like, a mm-hmm. wild thing for that. Like, it's insane to see. And he has two other kids that we don't really see. In the first Aang season. has two other kids. Yeah. Like, I think we see the f- Boomy a little bit, but we don't really see Kaya. Like, we just see mm-hmm. Tenzin. Tenzin is the only link to Aang that we have in this show. Yeah. I do love the way that they were able to incorporate and honor the original characters without making it too much about them and their kids. I thought it was a really smart decision to skip that generation the way they did, because... We have a Toph, we have Toph's daughter, but no answers. We have no answers about any of that situation. We just have Beifong, uh, not Beifong. Uh, her name is Beifong, but Lin. It's Lin Beifong. Everyone just calls her Beifong. Um, so I thought it was a really good storytelling move to do that. Also, there was the, within the like first ten minutes, Katara breaks everyone's heart by saying, "My brother and most of my friends are dead." So any hope we had of seeing any of the original crew just went... (sighs) The fact that they started off breaking my heart, letting me know that Sokka was dead. Sokka died. (laughs) And also... he died young, too. He died before Aang. (gasps) I did not know that. There's... So much spotty history that I'm unaware of about the Avatar world, but like I mean, uh-huh. I'm not a hundred percent if that's confirmed or not. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it was like Sokka died and then Aang died. Oh, so- poor Katara, and I also know. for her to be the like the last survivor, not just of that friend group, but also of the fighting. Okay, that Zuko war. is alive. We did know we did, this. Did, no, but did we know that in the first season? I think we did. Okay, because we meet. The other thing I love about the generation thing is we find out the names of everyone's kids and the people that who mend a lot to them. Like, I absolutely adore the fact that Katara and Aang named their kids Kaya for Katara's mom, Boomy for King Boomy, and Tenzin. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tenzin uh, uh, is the name of the Dalai Lama, I think. Oh, okay. So, like, again, and that harkens back to, like, the heritage and the culture that the Air Nomads are based off of and just the culture that Aang lost. Yeah. And it's it's just very, it's just very great. But, um... Boomy. This first he named his second son Boomy. 
What? I he named his second son Boomy. I absolutely love that. Boomy's the oldest. Why did I keep thinking he was middle child? Boomy's the oldest. They named their first kid Boomy. Anyways, I'm really bad at this. This is what happens when I, I mean, don't do maybe, a straight rewatch. Uh, at the very least, Boomy's the first son. Yeah. Why did I say second? I knew Tenzin was the baby. This is what happens when I don't do a rewatch. I'm sorry, gang. <sighs> okay, but regardless, the first, the very, okay, so 12 minutes in, we have, 13 minutes in, uh, we haven't spoken <laughs> Just, about what the actual plot of this season is. Uh-huh, um, I'm gonna be quiet now. So, yes, Cora is trying to learn airbending with uh, Tenzin. However, they were all, Cora has been raised in, like, a very closed group. She has not been able to, like, travel the world. She stayed in the South Pole, mm-hmm. and her teachers have gone to her to mm-hmm. have her master the elements. So Tenzin was supposed to move to this compound to teach Korra bending, but, like, he lives in Republic City, which is a city that Zuko and Aang built together. I love Republic City. It's great. Um... But there's, like, problems going on over there, so he can't leave right now. And, K- and Korra's like, um, take me, obviously. Yeah. Like, I'm the Avatar. I'll go to problems. you. Like, take me with you. Mm-hmm. But they're like, nah. Which is honestly <laughs> stupid. Like, I'm sorry, what? I, did they tell, did they say why? Do you remember why she doesn't travel to learn anymore? I think, so the, so the theory of Sokka's death is that he died protecting Korra. Oh. But like the main the yeah. main thing was that like the the opposite of the white lotus whatever that group is try, uh, tried to attack Cora and like kill her. Oh. Right. So they kept her protected. Oh. Cuz they were trying to find her when she was young and they right. tried to kill her so they kept her protected and secluded instead of having her like travel. Right, right, right. Oh. Um, yeah. And like did I I know that most I think it, um Cora is an anomaly in that they knew who she was so young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because most people do, you don't know who the avatar is until at least they're like a teenager or something. Yeah, you know, like Aang didn't when even they're start older. showing signs. Mhm. Yeah. And the only reason they told Aang so young is because of the war was looming. The war pending. Mhm. Yeah. But um for Cora it was like a very like she was super young and they knew they knew she was the avatar. <laughs> she was- she was already bending things. Yeah. <laughs> so, Korra basically is like, nah, I'm out, and sneaks out of the compound with Katara's help, because Katara's like, I literally married the Avatar. I know that you need to leave. Like, I have mm-hmm. been on your side this entire time. Like, you need to get out of here and, like, go find my son, basically. Yeah. She also, she learned from Katara. So, like, you know her water bending skills are great. On point. <sighs> so good so the, this season is us getting to know who republic what what republic city is who mm-hmm. i guess because republic city i guess can also be considered a character of this show who <laughs> republic city is um how it came to be and mm-hmm. uh there's also this central conflict of this first season where non-benders are being like hey we're kind of oppressed mm-hmm. um and we would like to not be that way Mm-hmm. However, their leader is Aman, <laughs> and Aman is a terrorist. Yeah. Like an honest-to-God terrorist. Yeah. Blows things up, causes violence, and 
wreaks havoc, commit, commits acts of terror around the city. Yeah. And this is, like, literally violence just for violence. Like, he's just, like, mm-hmm. going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the main conflict, he- like, happening externally for Korra. Of course. Yeah, that's the plot conflict. Yeah. And then we also meet these incredibly new, incredible new characters, Bolin and Mako. <laughs> I love them. Mako, named, of course, for Uncle Iroh's voice actor. Yeah, who tragically died. Um, which is just so heartwarming. I love that they kind of immortalized him in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, despite what other people think, Mako was a good character. Like, people were like, oh, they named Iroh's actor for him? Or, like, no, 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 Mako was a good character. So I absolutely adore Mako, and he is 110% the, like, frat boy-esque type style. But, he's like, like a jock. He's a jock. But there's also character growth that happens, and, like... I, I will defend Mako. I So here's the thing. I remember when I first watched the show, I was like, oh my God, Cora and Mako, Cora and Mako, Cora and Mako. I was like <laughs> super into it because I think that was their way of like kind of appeasing the Zutara people. 110%. And being like, <laughs> we're going to no give you this dynamic in two different characters, but like here, we're going to give you fire and water. Let's go. I was happy. We finally got it. And so, like, I, I was like, yeah, like, actually, no, I like this. I want this. Right, I want this. Right. And then Asami came in, and I was being, like, my 15-year-old internalized misogynistic self. And I was yeah, like, same. Screw this girl. Who is this Asami character? Get out of the way. Same. I didn't like, dislike her character, but the second, because she has, she's the, she's the non-bender of the friend group, because Bolin is earthbending, Mako is fire and lightning bending. Um, but Asami is the non-bender of the group. She's very techie, which this whole Republic City is in the steampunk era of things. I also love that. Mm-hmm. So she's riding a bike and she it's literally like hits Mako. Yeah. Um, and she literally hits Mako and she has to take off her helmet and they do the whole hair reveal. And I was just like, I immediately don't like her. Just the mm-hmm. way they introduced her. I was just like, no. Which I think they did on purpose. Well, you because know? They're, they're literally setting up this love triangle between the three mm-hmm. of them. And Mako's being kind of an obnoxious guy and is saying like like bolin bolin and mako are brothers yeah their parents are a fire nation person and like a firebender and earthbender and that's why they each have a different you know bending Mm -hmm. um but they're they're they also play a pro bending i loved the introduction of pro bending basically like pro wrestling but like team pro Mm -hmm. wrestling but with bending, and it, I still don't understand the rules, but it's fun. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. It, they're really good scenes. The pro-bending scenes mm-hmm. are really, really good, because you get to see this, like, technique and style that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they but, get into the, they later, because Korra finds it, and she immediately wants to, like, start throwing hands. She wants to join. And they really get into the philosophy of bending, because Tenzin is against it. And I, I really liked that dynamic, that exploration of the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but... At, when Korra meets Bolin and Mako, it, like, is kind of clear that Korra thinks Mako's kind of a dick. <laughs> but she's also, like, He's hot. Mm, bad boy. He's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so she starts, like, crushing on him, all the while Bolin is crushing on her. Classic. And Mako sort of has feelings for her, but he's like, I don't know if I should date the Avatar. Like, yeah, she's yeah. kind of, like, not my type. 
Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what's not your type about this muscly goddess of a woman <laughs> who could beat you six ways to Sunday and still look she, like a goddess? She does a few times, too. It's great. It's fantastic. So it's very annoying that he's like, mm, but, like, maybe not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and like, then we like, get the introduction. Bolin is having a conversation being like, so what do you think about, like, Korra romantically? So, and he's kind of clearly mm-hmm. talking about himself. And Mako's like, well, I don't know. I, but, like, Asami's great, so I'd rather be with Asami right now. Right. And Bolin is like, I'm talking <laughs> about me, you douche nozzle. <laughs> I love their, their relationship as brothers was really, really good. You bought it. You, yeah. you loved it. Yeah, they're they're because they these two boys grew up on the streets. Their parents died very young. They don't really have any other family except themselves, so they had to like grow up on the streets together, which is a really mm-hmm. nice dynamic to see. Um, I kind of like that. There's still this like there are two siblings in the group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. And then yeah, we so, so then the like, introduction of Asami. Well, now, get... now as an adult watching it over again, I'm like, wait, Asami is great. Absolutely. And I think that's why I think they did it on purpose is they did the like over the top and introduction style because they they wanted us teenagers, I get that at that point to look back and be like, oh, no, but she's an amazing character. And they really played with that. Like the pretty one's not the obnoxious one. Like the pretty one isn't the problem here like she's not that's not what she should be just because she's pretty or just because she's in a relationship with the person that you think Cora should be with you know like right so it was very it was like that was my thing was that I was like why is this girl here she's unnecessary blah blah blah, blah. she's just in the way with Cora like Makora Makora all the way like Makora endgame <laughs> like that's where I was at in my headspace at the time yeah um so that's why I kind of hated her, which is, like, stupid, because she's such a good character. Because, let's be real, the big thing, uh, um, one of the things that gets revealed is that, well, Asami's dad is part of Amon's group, and has been yeah. funding it and creating weapons for for him. He He is, I would liken him somewhat to Jeff Bezos at this point in time. Or, like, because he owns a bajillion dollar company that makes machinery, Yes. Yeah. And, his, and like, his, Republic City relies on him a lot. Yeah. And his tragic backstory is, like... Well, actually, he'd probably be more like a Rockefeller or something like that. Yes. Thank you. Because he's, like, a industry... Like Industrialist. Type, like, he's, like, the That's beginning the of the industry, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the tragic backstory here is that Asami's mother was killed by Benders. Mm-hmm. And... This is, like, classic Batman villain archetype, <laughs> where they're like, well, this, I'm going to blame every single person <laughs> who is like this mm-hmm. for the death of my loved one, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how he, like, creates this arc. However, he has raised Asami to no self-defense, so she mm-hmm. can kick ass. Yeah. And Asami... <laughs> And she's, like, a very emotionally intelligent human being. So she is yeah. off the, like, right off the bat, she is not down with Amon. She's like, nah, this is mm-hmm. stupid. Like, benders are people. Like, everyone mm-hmm. is a person. Like, ri- this is ridiculous. Like, no, 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 no. And yeah. joins the new gang. Yeah. 
to help stop Amon. Asami is the most intelligent character in the cast. She is yes. the one the one brain cell. The other three are straight up stupid. Yes. It's they they are, truly. And also the thing I They share I loved, one brain cell and Asami always has it. <laughs> yep. I always also loved or when I was watching because Korra and Asami talk about the the Mako issue pretty much. Like Asami's not Again, she's the smart one. She's not dumb. She sees Korra has a crush on Mako, and they talk it out. Like, they work it out. And I always appreciated that, how Mako was the one making the situation weird. Korra and, and Asami. Korra and Asami. Yeah, Korra and Asami never got into a cat fight over Mako. Korra acknowledged how she felt to Asami, and I was like, look, I get this is weird. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna move on. You two just be happy, kind of a situation. And Asami was like, I still want to be your friend. Like, we're in a team. Yeah. And, like, they did have some, like, I think they did have, like, a fight, but it was never catty. At no point was it ever demeaning to either of them. Mako was the one who was making it worse. Like, and what's specifically great about it, it, w- it wasn't like Korra was steaming in the corner and, like, just jealous of Asami the entire time. Yeah. And Asami wasn't like, ah, you can't be friends with Korra anymore. Like, yeah. there was never that kind of relationship happening there. It was just, yeah. like, this is just something we all have to move forward with. Like, yeah, it was, like, Korra felt bad for her feelings. Asami, not gonna lie, like, she did feel insecure because she saw Mako felt some type of way, too. So, like, mm-hmm. all of the feelings felt natural and never stereotypical or sexist. Yeah, yeah so, um, I think, I think we need to just, like, get into Amon right now. Yeah. So... One of the good things, about, what, one thing I really like about this show is that we also see kind of the governance of Republic City and the way it works. Mm-hmm. So you have like, kind of like a representational Congress kind of, I don't know. It um, looks like it, yeah. They have like one person who is from each uh, nation, not nation, mm-hmm. but like each like bending. So there's like a water mm-hmm. nation person. Uh, a waterbender person, an earthbender person, yeah. a firebender person, and Tenzin because he's the only air nomad. Um, yeah. And then they have, like, the president of Republic City, who I believe is a non-bender. Mm-hmm. And they have been dealing with this Amon issue, who has been having rallies and, like, riots, basically, and mm-hmm. all of these issues where he's basically saying, hey, let's take down these benders and he's teaching them how to block your block chi specifically so that so that they can like fight benders and like tai li yes okay sorry, block their was... bending yes yes you're right you're right so he like sets up these like classes Workshops. basically to yeah. teach people how to block chi so that they can fight a bender and win right which is which, like valid yeah, I'm not going to say there's points, which is how he gets people. There's points that he makes that are fair points. Like, what are you going to do as a non-superpowered person in a superpowered world? You know? And Korra herself has to learn that, too. Everyone's just like, what do you mean bending sucks? It's the best. And then she looks around and she sees, like, she's destroyed a street earth bending. And she's like, oh, I guess I have to, like, put that down now. <laughs> yeah, And she also, like, destroyed shops and stuff like that. Yeah. Like... And so did Aang. Like, that just happened. Right? Cabbage this Man is, was one yeah. of Amon's supporters specifically because of this. I am, yeah. I have no doubt. No so, doubt. So, like, valid point. Like, cool motivation. Still murder. So, so I just had this thought. 
I was like, Amon strikes something in me that I feel like he is a different character somewhere else, but I can't re- Killmonger. Mmm. Valid points, wrong execution. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that is Amon. Um, Amon and Killmonger have, like, the same wavelength Worldview. kind of going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So, it, at some point in the season, it's revealed that Amon can steal people's bending. Yeah. He has a big, like, showstopper of a rally, and the they, they capture a bender, and he puts on a demonstration. And it's, like, terrifying. Everyone is terrified. All, it's like, horrifying. Cora specifically is traumatized by this. Like, she yeah. is freaking out because bending is who she is. Mm-hmm. Like, it really, truly is who... Because her entire life has been defined by being a child prodigy. By being bending. the avatar. Yeah. Yeah. So if her bending is taken away... Mm-hmm. What does that leave her with? Like, what is her identity? So, right. because she's so her bending and her identity is so tied, when she sees this, she's like, "What? What? What? What?" Like, yeah. she just doesn't know what to do. So she joins. Um, what's the water bender dude's name? Tonrock? No. Oh, the Tarlock. Tarlock. Yes. This Tarlock. Um, so Tarlik had a whole, like, group, that was, like, a, basically a police force that's like, hey, we're gonna get Amon. And he tricked Korra onto the, onto this force, basically. But mm-hmm. then she, like, has a renewed, like, energy. She's like, I'm gonna catch this guy. I'm gonna catch this guy. And she basically challenges him to a fight on Avatar Aang Island, <laughs> which makes me happy. They have a huge mm-hmm. statue of Aang. Big old statue of Aang. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> um, and then she fights him and loses. Mm-hmm. And Amon mm-hmm. goes, I'm not going to take your bending right now because that would just make you a martyr. So mm. the day will come. It will happen. Just not right now. And that's terrifying. Amon was a scary, scary villain. There was something about Fire Lord Ozai, especially because he was name like faceless, and also Amon is faceless. He wears a mask, but there was something more cartoonish, I think, about the big bad villain of Fire Lord Ozai versus just the like the figurehead of what Am- Amon represented, and yeah. he was just so ominous about it. He was yeah. a very scary villain. I think the conflicts in Legend of Korra feel very real to us mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm. our actual lives. They feel mm-hmm. like as much as The Last Airbender has stuff that you can relate to real life, mm-hmm. The something about Legend of Korra's conflicts are a lot more complicated and nuanced in a way that mm-hmm. feel a lot realer to us and stuff that we actually live with. Like, um, there's a scene where Tarlock is basically, there's a bunch of non-benders, and he just goes, oh, they're all Amon supporters. They're all Amon supporters. And has the police force, who are the majority earthbender, metalbenders, yeah. use, like, the blockade things and, like, wrap mm-hmm. them around everyone. And was, like, literally corralling these people. Like, 
like mm-hmm. people in this crowd were women with their children and like yeah. just regular normal everyday people and a line that really sticks out in this scene is when while these non-vendors are being like rounded up in, in, rounded up and about mm-hmm. to be thrown into prison vans one of them yells out to Cora, you're our avatar too mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just be part, like, pro-benders. You have to be right. our avatar, too. Which yeah. is a very, like, pointed statement to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, fights back and is like, no, yeah. like, tries not to take like everyone this. down. And yeah. is like, absolutely not. Like, this, like, she, from the beginning, didn't think that was right. It wasn't like she was, right. she wasn't part of that, like, yeah. sting operate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, again, Cora was against all of this. And she wants, you know, harmony and stuff like that because that's what, one, I think she as a person wants it too. That's what's her job. She's been told is her job as the Avatar. But because she grew up so isolated from anything, she, this is this is all new information to her. And it's stuff that, like, she maybe she heard about or seen, but, like, actually witnessing it happen, it, it, you, see her, you see her growth and transformation um, as a person and as the Avatar. Up until that point, what had she really gone through you know she was right. a very sheltered child mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even when she first gets to republic city she's hungry and tries to get food but has no <laughs> she money steals some food <laughs> yeah like so she like it's like she's poor immediately off the bat and didn't even really mm-hmm. know what to do about it you know yeah yeah so there's like a lot of stuff going on with court like in that way because of how sheltered she was yeah she wasn't as naive as Aang was, who always was very flighty and trying to run away from his past, it was just she genuinely wasn't raised around this kind of contact or this exactly. kind of context. Exactly. Like part of part of Cora's journey also is that she can't connect to the to her past lives. Yeah, which is a big thing for the Avatar, as we know. Yeah, and she has been having these visions throughout the season of Aang's life, but she doesn't really know what they are. Mm-hmm. And then she gets kidnapped by Tarlock because she finds out that Tarlock is a bloodbender. Sorry, we're going fast through some of these things, but, like... Yeah. Season one is a lot more nuanced than we're making it. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, there's a moment where she's, like, going... Because Tarlock had... It's after this rally, basically. Not rally. Mm -hmm. The the event we were just talking about. Where Asami, um, Mako, and Bolin all get arrested. So Korra's Mm -hmm. going after Tarlock and is, like, trying to get her friends back, basically. And then they have a fight, mm. and Tarlock bloodbends Korra. Which is honestly one of my f- absolute favorite fights. My favorite thing whenever I watch Korra specifically is watching Korra bend, is waterbend, watch her in her native element, because she mm-hmm. relies, for her personality, she relies on fire a lot. So when you see, like, really good waterbending fighting... My favorite thing. And this is an absolutely... Because, like, he's the waterbending ambassador. He has, like, water everywhere in his office. And you just you just see it. It's great. Yeah. But, like, when he realizes he's losing, that's when he resorts to bloodbending. Which is illegal. Katara made it illegal. Which is fantastic. I love that. Right? Right? I love it. She was, Legislation. like... Katara... Like, when he's, like, Katara made it illegal, but I know. this, And he can... And this is the very poignant thing about this. He does it... Not on a full moon. Mmm. Because Korra's like, it's not even a full moon. Right. So he's when they're fighting. really so strong. Like, yeah. And so 
Tarlock is like, well, you can't tell anybody my secret. So he forces her into a van, takes her far away, and captures her. Mm. And, like, has kidnapped her. And so Mm -hmm. while she's in this metal box, because she doesn't know how to metal bend. Right. Also, metal has gotten refined by this point in time. Well, I don't know if we know that. I mean, yes, 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 yes. But, yeah. She's in the metal box, and she's like, all right, this is my moment. Like, I have no distractions, nothing. She starts mm. meditating with her fists together. Angst, that's what she learned. Yep, and um, connects to the memories that she's been seeing. Mm-hmm. Where we find out that there's another bloodbender that Aang took the bending away of. So, like, Ozai style, not just... Ozai style like, took his deep, bending away. Yeah, lion turtle style. Yeah, and... Again, like, the reason why Amon taking Bending away is so scary is because previous to that, only the Avatar could have done that. Yeah. I, I was amazed when that was revealed. I was like, what? How is that even possible? I exactly. thought the only Avatar could do that. Was Aang teaching classes? I had so many questions. Well, it's like, oh, so maybe, like, they figured it out from a lion turtle. Maybe a lion turtle showed them, too. Like, maybe that's Oof. not Avatar-specific. Like, right. whatever. Anyway. Um... But, like, we get to see Sokka, and it's really great, and it makes me very happy. We also see Toph, who is the chief of police. Like, it's very nice to see all of those old faces. But, like... Yeah. As adults, you see how they grew up. And they they still... I think at one point, Toph still punches Sokka, so, like, they still have the same dynamic. Yeah, like, like punched him in the shoulder kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like... Um, I still calls Aang twinkle toes and he, he's like, I'm 40 years old. Can't you stop that? And she's like, nah, no. <laughs> um, I don't remember this bloodbender's name, but it's he's another like, T no, anyways, but he's like a major, uh, gang leader basically. And no one could ever stop yeah. him, but they didn't know how, like they, they just didn't know like what his big secret was. And it was that he was a bloodbender, and that's how he was getting everything he wanted. And he was bloodbending outside of the full moon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then, like, he goes to trial, and Sokka's the one who, like, says the thing. And is like, you know, previously we didn't think this was possible, but I did once defeat a man who could firebend just by thinking with my boomerang. <laughs> Classic sparky sparky boom man. Um, <laughs> Classic Sokka too. And like, she was like in my he was like in my many years I've seen many things that I thought were impossible. So, we have decided yeah. to believe all of your victims, and mm. you are guilty. And then he mm-hmm. blood bends the entire room. Oh, I forgot about that. The entire that horrifying room, including Aang. Oof. And he runs, he runs, and then Aang is like, yeah. you thought. <laughs> but then Aang gets bloodbended again. And then mm. Aang is like, you thought, and goes into the avatar state and goes, mm. mm-mm, your bending is gone, bye. And right, takes his right, bending right. Away. And here's what I think is the most interesting th- part of this. People have said many, many times at this point, Aang should have killed him. <laughs> it's, no, no, what? here's the thing, though. So we discover through this like memory thing that yeah. hey, Tarlock is this guy's son. Right. And then later, Tarlock goes, 
Aman is my brother. Yeah. There were those kids. Yeah. Two kids. So they both know how to bloodbend. So Aman mm-hmm. is a bloodbender. That's how he's doing it. Yeah. He's blocking Chi. Yes, exactly. Through bloodbending. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that was a hu- way larger reveal than I just made it seem. But, like... That was monumental. When was, you watch it... It was, like, literally, when you're watching that episode and it happens, you're like... <gasps> the, the backstory episode blew my mind. And we just don't have a lot of time to get into it. Yeah, I'm sorry. We spent too long on Asami. <laughs> we did. But, like, she's a queen. <laughs> yeah. So, the theory is, if Aang had just killed him... Mm-hmm. Neither of those boys would have ever been born. Mm. And the issue, Amon would have never been created. Technically, yes. But also, we spent the entire third season dealing with this death penalty question. So the answer, I think, is they should have put him in prison. They thought no, taking No, they his put him in prison. Will... And then he that's escaped. how he escaped? There it is. I was like, why didn't they just arrest he him? He escaped, had facial reconstruction surgery, and right. effed off to the Southern Water Tribe. That's what it was. I was like, I couldn't, re- I knew, I remembered the surgery and like he was in hiding. I just couldn't remember how he got to the Southern So Water that's tribe. why like death penalty was like, that's, that's, a, that's the thing is that Aang never made definitive actions in any way. Mm-hmm. And so even though his way was the pacifist way, that didn't mean it was the right way because his mm-hmm. actions still caused huge monumental problems. Yeah. That snowballed from his pacifism. Yeah. But is it Aang's fault? Because how would he have ever known something like that? Well, no. How would he have ever known? True. So I I think it fits with Aang's character. However, when you are faced with a great evil, what what is your option? You know? That's like like people who say you shouldn't punch Nazis. (laughs) Like, okay, punching a Nazi is different than straight out shooting one. No, that's true. That's it's true. It's like, don't like, go back and kill baby Hitler. <laughs> like, I just, I just mean that in a way that, like, pacifism is not all-encompassing. Like, you have, right, 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 especially right. when you are the avatar, that's the, the, mm-hmm. the argument here. When you are the avatar, and that is literally the argument all of his past lives has told him. When you are right. the avatar, you have to separate yourself from your personal feelings. Yeah. You have to do the greater good. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. This is a good argument because the way Avatar ended of just like, he found the ultimate peaceful answer, dust off his hands, put a bow on the series, done. Korra, which they do a lot, they open up that box again of just like, oh, wait a minute. what? How would this look played out decades later? Yeah. So basically, yeah. that's the argument again where it's the same argument we had about Ozai. Mm-hmm. But with Ozai, the bow wrapped nicely, and Zuko was able to get closure with his mother through mm-hmm. Ozai still being alive and all of that stuff. Right. Yes. However, the second time that we know of Aang doing this mm-hmm. snowballed into an even bigger problem. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's a, it's a moral dilemma, but mm-hmm. I side with Aang should have killed the bloodbender. I'm Team Ang because they should have put him in a better prison. <laughs> I mean, it, it was literally played up that this guy was like Al Capone level connected. 
So he he got himself out that like, way. Like there was no that. prison he could have gone to that wouldn't have that someone wouldn't have found a way out, you know? Yeah. Anyways, back to the the, the plot of yeah. the brothers and this reveal again, massive, huge. We finally understand. Well, yes, because when Cora is trapped, Amon attacks this compound that Tarlock has taken her to. Mm. And Tarlock is there as well, and she hears that, like, Amon is coming. Mm-hmm. And she's freaking out, and, like, she's about to die. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the G blockers are, like, ready to get her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, like, the smartest person in this one. Like, she gets the brain cell. Yeah. In this moment. She figures it out. She- and she, like, hangs off of the... Because they're going to electrocute the box. And she mm-hmm. hangs off of, um, like, the top bar with, yeah. like, her bracelet. Mm-hmm. So that she's not touching the metal. And then she mm-hmm. just screams and then pretends to collapse. So that she is not electrocuted and then fights her way out. Yeah. But really, she's just running. She's just running away from Amon because she knows that Amon's, like, going to take her- his moment now mm-hmm. to take her bending mm-hmm. away. And then Tarlock is, go- like, but she runs away. She makes it out, whatever. Um, oh, my God. What's her polar bear dog's name? Naga. Naga finds her. It's fantastic. I love everything. <laughs> I love Naga. We didn't even talk about Naga. Naga's amazing. They have really great animal companions this season. They really do. And Pabu. Pabu's a little red panda ferret, and I love him, too. <laughs> He's so cute. But, like, in that moment, like, Amon steals Tarlock. Mm-hmm. And then Cora is Cora and Mako sneak back into um, Air Nomad Island because like they've taken over the they've island. taken over the island and they're like oh we didn't God. even get into Lin Beifong we did not even Anyways. get into Lin Beifong there's just so much happening here I don't even know how to describe this season there's just too much happening here yeah I don't um, even know where we went wrong but the point is Lin Beifong is amazing and she sacrificed herself and again her identity is also very tied to one being a metal bender like Earth metal bender two being the head of police. And she sacrificed herself and her bending to protect Tenzin and his family because they are the last airbenders on the planet. Yeah. Um, I also, cry. let's not forget that Tenzin's children are also badass. Tenzin's children are really, they're really sweet. They're all, three of them are airbenders. Um, but they, like, um, the, their mom is going into labor, so the baby is being of born. Of course. Because of course. Yeah, because of course. And then they, like, she, Lynn is, like, the last line of defense here and is trying to, like, protect the island. Because she is the ultimate defense. (laughs) Yes, but she's also, like, we have to protect the airbenders. You are the last Mm -hmm. airbenders. Like, we need you alive. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's, like, losing. Yeah. It's a whole team. All of a sudden. A whole team. But, like, all of a sudden, Janora, Iki, and Milo come out of nowhere <laughs> and they beat the crap out of these chi blockers. It's fantastic. The oldest one is, like, ten. The youngest one is, like, at least, like, eight. He's two. Seven. No, he's, like, two. Milo's supposed yeah, to be right. two years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see that. <laughs> and they literally, they win. They demolish these chi like she blocker people and like they escape and this is when lynn makes her grand mm-hmm. sacrifice um yeah they sneak back onto the island and then that's where tarlock is like oh yeah mon's my brother <laughs> yeah right which is like yeah. an intense moment but like really we are downplaying how intense of a moment this is 
this reveal was friggin' nuts. Like, I, I never, I never saw it coming. No, no, we did not. But all of this, dis- like, Katara, Cora, <laughs> has still not learned airbending. Right. And she, she can has- only do like mat big gusts. She can't control anything. No, she can't even do that. No, you're right. You're so- I'm sorry. She hasn't. She has not airbended a single time. Max, she can do is like follow the wind through that spinning door. That's thing what I was thinking do. of. Yep. Um. But like in this final fight, they're Mako and Korra are trying to get off the island again. They're like, "Oh, this was not a good idea." They're trying to leave. Mm-hmm. But Amon shows up. Yep. And takes Korra's bending. I didn't even know what to think when that happened because you never, we, we'd never been put into a position where we ever had to think that the avatar would lose four ways of bending. We'd never thought of this ever. Mm-mm. So like, we're freaking out. Yeah. Corners, everyone's freaking out. out. Cause holy shit. Yeah. How, how did this happen? Um, but she's still got Mako. Mako still has his bending. They're still fighting mm-hmm. the good fight. They're still trying their hardest. They're trying to get mm-hmm. out of there. They're trying their hardest. But Aman has now cornered Mako. Mm-hmm. And Korra don't know how it happens. Don't know when it happens. She manages her, like, first airbending move yeah. after this. And let me tell you the gasp. I got like like when I first watched this I was like <gasps> like I was so happy yeah like I was like oh my god she still has bending she has still like oh like this is what happens something. when you're just she's blood something. bending like because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's it's not a full takeaway it's like she her no. bending is still in there somewhere and because she mm-hmm. never mastered air bending like that wasn't something she was connected to but now she can do it Right, 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 right. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was so cool. <laughs> I love this so much that she was, like, able to do that. Yeah. It was a... Oh, the reveal... I The reveals and the twists of this season were just so amazingly done. You remembered why you loved the story, writing, and the plot of the original series. Yeah. Like, I loved this first, this, like, solid 12, 13 episode run, whatever. Yeah. But through this, I love it. She, like, basically throws Amon out of a window... Mm-hmm. And then all of his followers are like, the Avatar just killed Amon. <laughs> and she's like, no, I didn't. He's a waterbender. Watch. He's going to be and fine. And like 0.2 seconds later, he like emerges in a tornado of water. Not even just like a little thing to like get himself to the surface. He just like full waterbending master tornado. Yeah. Mask off. Mm-hmm. Painted scars gone. And everyone yeah. is like betrayal yeah which is fantastic because like he deserves this betrayal Mm -hmm. um and then there's like i can't remember explicitly the details but there's more of a fight tarlock also has escaped has grabbed his brother and they are speeding away on a boat yes i remember that part um um can we take a moment to just I was so shocked by this scene 
I did not see this coming at all. This is when there were a lot of things that going on of just like, ah, oh, yes, this is for us. We're adults. We're cool kids now. And then this scene hit, and I was like, we're, this isn't for kids anymore. Yeah. You've left This is the television. scene that made me question whether or not my nephew should watch Legend of Korra. Rem- mm-hmm, remember, mm-hmm. he's five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this scene where Tarlock is on the boat, and his brother is driving away, or sailing away, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he sees one of the, like, electricity gauntlet things. Yeah. And he slowly reaches for one, puts it over the gas tank, and just blows up the ship. It was a straight murder-suicide. That was insane to watch. Ah... Like, I couldn't believe it the first time I saw it. What? But this is the finality of it that, like, I feel like harkens back to the Aang conversation, you know? Mm, like, mm-hmm, Tarlock mm-hmm. knows that the, the only way to end this yeah. whole cycle is if mm-hmm. they both die. Because you find out in the backstory, they were not raised in a healthy household. No. None of this is okay. No. <laughs> so the way to end, yeah, the way to end the cycle is the ultimate ending. Yeah. So this scene is just, like, ending the cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a way that Aang couldn't do. Yeah, in a way we've never seen in the show. No. I think no. this is the first time we've seen an explicit death come from mm-hmm. the Avatar series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was intense. Yeah. Absolutely uh, um, nuts. Yeah. And then we get, uh, and then we cut to a scene with Korra, and Katara is working on her to try and get the rest of her bending back. They brought in the best water bender they could find. Yeah, because they, we get Beifong's bending back. Everyone gets no, no, their no, bending no. back. But here's what happens first. Okay. Here's because because Katara is like, I can't heal her. Right. Like I can't bring it back. And then Korra is like, mm, and gets on a polar bear to gets on Naga, and runs. <laughs> And she yeah. ends up on, like, a cliff where a single tear drops down the cliff. And my uh. theory here is that she has released all material um, grasp. Like, not grasp. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's let Connection. go of all material things in this moment because mm. she was about to kill herself. 110%. She was about to kill herself. She was about to jump off that bridge. She was going to start the Avatar cycle over again. Yep, yep. Because the world needs an Avatar. But then, like, behind her, you see feet, and they are dressed mm. in Air Nomad clothing. And she's like, mm. Tenzin, go away. Right. But it's not Tenzin. It's not Tenzin. It's Aang! I cried. <laughs> oh my god, I was just so happy to see that she had connected I wept. to him in this way. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so happy. And then you... And he says, like, sometimes in our darkest moments is, like, when we feel the most connected or something. It was, mm. like, something more profound than that, but I can't remember exactly <laughs> what he said. And then it's, like, Aang, and then all of a sudden you see, like, Roku, Kiyoshi, like, everyone. Yeah. Like, all the she, avatars. She's connected. Yeah. She triggers it. She triggers Avatar State. And then she does that awesome thing that Aang did in the finale, which is, like, a ring the realization all around her, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Love her. 
and Aang, Spirit Aang, like, heals her. Oh, like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. she's able to do, because Spirit Aang heals her right before she does the Avatar thing. Okay, 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 okay. But, like, that also teaches her how to recover everyone else's bending. So she restores Beifong. Okay, for some reason yeah. I thought it was Katara. My bad. Mm-mm. Ah. Uh, anyways, the most important thing is the moment when Beifong turns around and lifts all of the big rocks around her. Yes. And the audience weeps like a small yes. child. <laughs> yes. It's, and that's how the season ends. The season ends with uh, Makora confirmed. Oh, right. They end, they end like, Because kissing. Mako's like, I love you. And Korra's like, I love you too. And then they yeah. kiss. Yeah. And wow. honestly, I'm a little disappointed that that's how they decided to end. If they thought that was the only season they were going to get. They, I guess they like were ending on the romantic, the romantic uh, final scene. I guess. That is, the, they did think that was the final scene they were going to get. So they ended it the same way as um, Katang. I guess. But st- whatever. <laughs> um, Yeah. Honorable mention, though, I really love that they showed how Lin earthbended the same way that Toph did. Yeah. I love that she... Toph Beifong pretty much invented her own school of bending. Mm-hmm. And you could see that inherently in Lin. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. moments, like, there was a moment where, like, she busted the soles out of her f- shoes <laughs> to feel the ground get more connected and this yeah. i think this is when she was trying to find um asami's dad's underground lab right 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 and she was like is here and that's why Asami's is also great because she was like proof shit mm-hmm. dad mm-hmm. you suck and like yeah immediately was yeah. against him fantastic this is why Asami's great this is why the women in this show is are great i i love cora and asami so much i personally identify with cora so hardcore. For the longest time, I thought I was like a, a Mako character because I love the angst. But like mm-hmm. every time Korra would get mad and just like flare up the fire fist, I was like, that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's my girl. Korra's great. <laughs> She's I, amazing. Yeah, I love this show. Um, yeah, but that's like in the best approximation season one. Yeah, a little rushed. We a little went, rushed. We blew through a lot of the nuance. You really do just watch the season, then listen to us. You can't depend on us as the like, the, the, the Wikipedia page. You know. Because well, here, here's the thing: we're trying to talk about the things that we love the most about this show, and half the time that ends up being the characters. Yeah, the characters and the style of storytelling, not yeah. plot. Yeah. Exactly. We, yeah. Um. Although, I feel like, because we are going to talk about this in future episodes, um, I feel the need to mention it really quickly now. Tenzin and Lin dated. <laughs> That's so weird. And people think that Sokka is, t- is um, Lin's dad, and I, I go, no. Because then that not- makes them cousins, and that's gross. Not Lin's dad. No, 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 no. I was part of this discourse, Lily. Oh, in the early days? Yes. Right, because we never... The thing is, we never find out who Toph's baby daddy is. We just know Toph had a daughter through, like, immaculate conception. But yeah, you're right. Early days thought it was... I was a part of they this discourse on Tumblr. The... Season what? one early days, everyone thought Lin was Sokka's daughter. Yeah. 
No. But if that's true, the minute it was revealed that she dated Tenzin, no. No, no. Not true. No. They wouldn't have done that. Mm-mm. I refuse. No. <laughs> I refuse. That's not true. So weird. Also, Sokka was happy with Suki somewhere. Stop trying to have him be with Toph. He was happy with <laughs> Suki somewhere in the suburbs. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Because I think we should block off later as we go specific, like, Team Avatar time. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about what they were doing while mm-hmm. the plot was happening. Which yeah. would just be our fanon, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know Definitely. what? We'll get into it, I guess, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, again, like we said, go wa- just go watch the season. And then I feel like our conversations will make a lot more sense to you. Yeah, definitely. Because we did have to skip over a lot. And it, that's what happens. This is like, I don't know, what, what is it, eight hours of television? There's no way you can condense that into an hour. Those, it's like whenever we do our Agents of Episodes, oh there's too much content to put into an hour. There's so much content to put into an hour. Um, yeah. And that's why we just try to hit the key points, the key players, mm-hmm. and that's what we our try to, to do our best here. Um, shockingly more difficult to cover this than it was to do Avatar. I know, right? Again, but that comes from how nuanced this show is. Yeah, it's also from the style, because I think because they told a full, complete story in 12 episodes... Not that the seasons of Avatar didn't, but seasons of Avatar were, like, played into each other. This one was just, like, this is it. So there felt like there was a lot more to discuss and consume. Avatar The Last Airbender had a lot more filler episodes, is what I'll say. Yeah, that makes sense. Legend of Korra had a tighter story, so there was Mm -hmm, no room mm -hmm. for filler episodes. Yeah. In this house, we love love Avatar Korra. In this house, we love and respect Shimbo Avatar Korra. (laughs) <laughs> you do not you do not get to diss there will be no disrespect of this series no she is she is the female himbo the shimbo like and we love her okay you know and uh i guess with that we'll be with you till the end of the line you can follow me on Twitter at the Sabrina Pet. You can follow Lily at Lily underscore Rugo. You can follow the podcast at EM Fangirls. And you can check out our website, EarthsMightiestFangirls.com, and send us an email about what you think about Legend of Korra or any other fangirly thing at EMFangirls at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps the podcast. If you, like, leave a review. Did you like this episode? Leave a review! Did you like another episode? Leave a review. Just leave a review. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. do it. Please, please, please. Yeah, we gotta know. We gotta know. I know. Give us we... some feedback, y'all. Flying blind. Thank you to Dexter Britton for letting us use their song Wonderland, and thanks to us for editing and producing. 